Today is Thursday, April 18th, 2019, Maundy Thursday, and you're listening to Ordinary Prayers, an invitation to listen for the presence of God in the ordinary parts of life. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds. As we enter our reading, it is evening after a very event-filled day. The city is bursting with life because it is Passover. The morning began with a parade, but by afternoon the celebration turned to a conflict in the temple. The friends gather around their leader to share a meal. When you listen to the description of this Last Supper, what do you think is going on in the minds of the disciples? What do you hear? Read from John chapter 13. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world, to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set.
Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, You're not going to wash my feet. He said, If I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, Not only my feet then, wash my hands. Jesus said, If you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, Do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I have laid down a pattern for you. What I have done, you do. I am only pointing servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I am telling you, act like it, when he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is seen for who he is, and God seen for who he is in him. The moment God is seen in him, God's glory will be on display. In glorifying him, he himself is glorified. Glory all around. Children, I am with you only for a short time longer. You are going to look high and low for me. But just as I told the Jews, I am telling you, where I go you are not able to come. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love. loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It's the evening of the Last Supper. Jesus is sitting now, reclining with his disciples around a table. The intimate group of friends probably doesn't look like the image Leonardo da Vinci imagined in The Last Supper. There's most likely no tablecloth nor chairs. The men would be laying on sofas or mats while they ate. They are so close that the disciple whom Jesus loved is reclining with his head on Jesus' shoulder. I can only remember eating this way a handful of times. Those times were always with the closest of friends, 
and when we were much younger. The thing I want to know is, where do you see yourself in the story? I assume, if you're listening to this reflection, there is some part of you that desires to see yourself. Maybe you see yourself as a disciple, one without a speaking part. You have been faithful in following and listening, yet on this evening, you have no clue what is about to take place. Could you be one of the followers on the periphery? You waved palms in the morning and watched Jesus turn over tables in the temple. Now at the evening meal, you sit with your own family talking about... Do you ever identify themselves with the Sanhedrin, the rabbis with authority? They were eating dinner this evening and making plans to hear the case regarding Jesus of Nazareth. Anyone who has ever served on a church council during a time of conflict knows precisely what it feels like to be the Sanhedrin. Personal opinion doesn't matter. They have a law to enforce, and Jesus broke the rules. People will not like their verdict regardless of the decision. Are you, Peter, taking the lead and desiring to be washed first? Could you be Judas? No one ever wants to be Judas. However, a more just examination of him would probably reveal a person who thought the whole movement was getting out of control. The actions Jesus was taking were just getting to be too confrontational. So where the older I get, the more it moves me that Jesus washed Judas. My entire life I was taught what a despicable character Judas was in this story. Judas was the one it was okay for Jesus to abandon. Yet, in the story, it says, he loved them right to the end. As if to drive home the point, Jesus washes the feet of his betrayer. He gives him bread and permission to leave. To me, it's not Jesus who abandons Judas, but Judas. I tend to read the passion story as though there were good responses and bad ones. Yet, when you think about it, Jesus is either betrayed or abandoned by everyone, and still, he loved Some years ago, I found out one of my sister's high school acquaintances was in her adult life. When I told her about it, she replied, wow, she really had a tough life growing up. That means she saw the whole Think of her comment every Monday, Thursday. Jesus knows everything that is going to happen, the betrayal, abandonment, and death. Still... He loved them to the end. Not only did he love them to the end, but he also invited us to love the same way. As we were headed into Holy Week, Christianity took the stage on the campaign trail. Democrat mayor and presidential hopeful Pete Budig faced anti-gay heckling while making a stop in Iowa. The Christian heckler told him he was betraying his baptism and yelled some other pro-life comments before being rushed out of the room. To Biddig's credit, he calmly identified the differences in their approach to the Christian faith. At nearly the same time, Michelle Bachman, speaking on a conservative Christian radio show called President Trump, adding, we will, in all likelihood, never see a more godly biblical president again in our lifetime. There are a lot of characters in the Bible. I wonder which one she was thinking about. Regardless of my personal feelings about President Trump, I'm not sure what makes any president godly. What caught my attention about these stories were the three main characters. Each one claims a Christian identity, and each one understands this identity 
in radically different ways. It would be easy to pick out the one you agree with as authentic, then claim the other as unauthentic. But Jesus would have us love our neighbor. He would have us love them all the way to the end. I would like to stand here and tell you how to do this, but I don't know how. My own anger and frustration with my enemies can get the best of me. I struggle to love as I should. I fight to accept others as I should. I battle the urge to make fun of my opponent. It doesn't take long to reach my end. Where do I see myself in the story? I see a part of me in everyone. The desire to do what is right is often interrupted by my poor ability to execute. Thankfully, Jesus loves me to his end. And when I forget the depth of Jesus' love, he has given my enemy and me a feast to gather around and eat, a heavenly food to remind me I am loved, even when I don't deserve it, a meal that draws even those on opposite sides of the spectrum into an intimate relationship. Tonight, if you find yourself coming to Christ's table to dine, eat this meal with full awareness of God's love for you. The bread you hold is the bread of life. The cup you drink is a cup of blessing, poured out for you and your enemy. We share in this meal so we might taste and see what it means to be loved. see yourself in the story? Would you want to be closer to Jesus or would you Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world, to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God, was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on poured water into a basin, and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet?
Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, You're not going to wash my feet. He said, If I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, Not only my feet then, wash my hands. Jesus said, If you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now, and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, Do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it. Let me give you a new commandment. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love. does it mean to you to be loved to the end? And how does being loved this way shape how you love others, friends, and opponents? May God our Creator Open the eyes of your heart, so that you may see the hope to which Christ is calling you, the richness of the inheritance prepared for you, and the power that is at work among you. Amen.